What's up and welcome to the 10-Minute Beauty Business Podcast. I'm Lexi Lomax, beauty business coach, salon owner of over a decade, and stylist too. Each episode, I will bring on guests and topics you can relate to, plus a 10-minute beauty business tip. We all need biz solutions fast, and that's what you will find in these tips, something you can use in your business today in 10 minutes or less. No matter what stage you are in your beauty business, independent, commission, salon owner, or dreaming somewhere in between, 10-Minute Beauty Business is here to serve you. Now let's get to it. Today on this episode, I am so excited to bring you one of my OG mastermind gals, Amanda Bogart from Utica, New York. Amanda, welcome to this podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to have you here. So you're an OG mastermind member at OG Dream 10. You are in alumni club. And I have to say that this past year literally has stretched you and you have grown so much. I'm so proud of you and all the hard work that you put in. And I don't know, how's it feel? Oh my God, amazing. Amazing. I have just, I felt the growth, you know, and it, the support from the alumni club is so good. Everybody constantly commenting and telling me how much they love me and they like support my growth and they've noticed it. Like, and most of these people I have never even met in person. And it's just amazing. We're just real pals. And that, that makes me really proud actually. So, so let's like, let's get into it. What does this growth look like for you? So tell me kind of like where you were and then where you are now, and we'll dive into all the bits and pieces in between. All right. So I think we, I've started about two years with you. We've been coaching mm-hmm. together. And when I first started, I, um, well, first I kind of met you through Claire. Claire does hair. Yes. Our and, favorite gal, Claire. Yes. And I remember seeing her post on her stories when she was doing the mastermind. And I thought that kind of sounds like something I might be interested in. So I reached out to her and it was like, what's this all about? And she just ranted and raved about you. So of course I trusted her. So I remember reaching out to you when you were posting about the second mastermind group. And I always just felt like I was made for more. And I didn't know like what that looked like, what it was, how to go about it. But I always just felt like I was, you know, made to do more than stand behind the chair for eight to 10 hours a day. Mm -hmm. And, um, I remember, you know, some of our first conversations and, you know, just diving into my target customer and what that looked like. And I just learned so much about when I first started doing hair, I always felt like I had to do every service. I had to like take all the clients and, you know, just diving into figuring out my brand and my target customer just helped me grow so much just from doing that. Isn't it crazy? The like simplest things we just assume, or we just don't even know they exist sometimes. Like we just assume like I do hair, I do everybody's hair. And I even said that as a salon owner, like who do I rent to? Anybody that can pay their rent. Well, that's not true. Or that's certainly not a good way to do business, right? Okay. So you were an established stylist though, when we started working together, you've been a hairdresser for how many years now? 16 years. Yeah, it's amazing. So good. Veteran. At the time before we started working together, you were like, you felt successful, but you knew that there was more to happen in your business and you knew like you were missing pieces or how did you feel? Yes, exactly. Like I thought maybe I would educate someday. I thought maybe I would become a salon owner someday. I wasn't sure what, what it was that I wanted to do, but I just felt like I was unhappy kind of just doing what the mundane things. Yeah. 
And so, all right, so we'll fast forward through a lot of hard work, a lot of time spent together going through stuff, working through it. And one of the things, though, that in that the the middle part, the messy middle that we all go through, which is probably what we should really dive into. But the thing that makes me so proud as a coach and is is that you honored your priorities through this, which are your family, your faith, your mental health, like so many of those things that were really key to, I think, where you are now. Because if you would have ignored those things and just went after what you wanted, I don't think you would have ever gotten there. And that's like why, and not just you, that's all of us, right? It's so important to for me to point that out as you talk about this and to talk about this transition. And then we're going to get into like some of the things you did that really made the big difference to your bottom line in your business and then also to how you feel about your business, but is that you honored your priorities through it. So I just want to like kind of make like a big point about that because I think oftentimes as women, especially as caretakers, as hairstylists, as people pleasers, as whatever all these labels are that we have sometimes as women and then additionally as hairdressers or hairstylists or salon owners or estheticians or whatever, like as beauty professionals, we don't think you can actually do it all. Like you Mm -hmm. can't honor your priorities, take care of your family, be a mama, like feel good, take care of yourself, and then also make big strides in your business. And I just, I just want to say like kudos to you because you did it and you stuck to it through that. And I, I I probably wasn't easy, right? No, not at all. Definitely not easy. Yeah. Nothing really worth it is. I'm learning that. Yes, definitely. (laughs) Absolutely. But yeah, you have given me, I guess, just like the inspiration and like the, like the mindset shift that I needed to make to say like, it's okay to take a step back. It's okay to take a break sometimes and figure out your priorities. You know, you, you don't have to do it all. Like, I don't know why anybody really want to. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, it's too much work. So some of the big things, and I just, I thought it was really important that you come on the podcast because I think that you're going to be such an inspiration to so many listening that the things that you struggled with are like kind of foundational things in our business. And we don't always think of it like that, but because once we get the foundation done, then we run with it in the mastermind and alumni club. Like we do crazy things and people are building goals that I'm, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is huge. But it's the things that have to happen before. And you're on that trajectory now, but the the things that you had to do before were the things that I think so many of us need to do, or at least need to revisit. And one of the things that we worked on over and over and over with you, because you kept growing and outgrowing was your pricing. Mm-hmm. So kind of like, tell me your biggest aha with raising your prices and charging accordingly and kind of eliminating that emotional pricing. Is it okay to call it that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So tell me, tell I, us about that. I definitely had to detach the emotion that was attached to the pricing because I would feel so guilty. I would worry about what's this person going to think? What's this client going to say? Are they going to walk away? Are they going to go to someone else and talk? about me, like, you know, your Mm -hmm. mind just goes through all these different things. Right. And from somebody who suffers with anxiety, it's, you know, your mind just goes crazy. I think that just stepping out in faith and jumping out of my comfort zone and just saying, I am worth it with all the education that I've done with all the growth that I've done, the money I've invested and the value that I'm bringing to my clients. I deserve more. My family deserves more that mindset shift of it's okay 
to grow. It's okay to raise your prices. You know, it's okay to support, be a supporter for my family in Mm -hmm. doing that. Well, and also to recognize like you're an amazing artist aside from all those other things that you just listed and, and you need to charge appropriately. Like you were almost, I mean, don't hate me, but you weren't charging for your haircut. Right. <laughs> That's something you'll never forget. <laughs> never. And I'm like, what? You know, and, and it was, and, but I understood, right? Because right. it was the environment, the salon environment that you were in was kind of that way, I think, right? Like it was just everybody kind of did the same thing and nobody thought about it. And so there was right. no problem, you know? Yeah. And, and then here I am, like, pulling up like every stop sign at every turn, like, no, 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 no. And the fact that you endured through all of that is just really remarkable and speaks to your character. But the thing is, is that we, we went baby steps because it was difficult. And we took the, the scenario and the environment that you were in and we thought, okay, well, let's play this safe, but not stupid safe to where I was going to let you off the hook too easy, but like, let's not be irresponsible with your business. And I think that oftentimes what happens when people work with a business coach or or they watch or listen to somebody that like is a quote air quote expert. They just say like, raise your prices, raise your prices, raise your prices. And while I 100% agree with that, I'd like to take the standpoint of, well, let's see what your market will yield. And I don't want you to raise your prices and eliminate half of your clientele for a $20 raise. Like if that eliminates your, your, like, I want you to be thoughtful. I want you to be smart about it. And that was something that I think you did really well. Amanda was, you did a lot of research to figure out really what your market would yield. We worked on your hourly and we raised you appropriately that first time based on what you were willing to do in your business and what the area would, would take, you know, and it would, would be okay. We thought about your clients. We thought about how we could move these things in your business, knowing full well we were going to continue to do it, but we went slow so that we weren't irresponsible with all the hard work you had already done. And I think that that was really smart. And then that led us to some more big ahas, right? Like once you got a little more confident, like how did you feel after you did your first price raise? And then what happened? So when I did my first price raise, I of course was nervous, but I couldn't believe the amount of clients that said to me, Oh my God, absolutely. Like you're so worth it. And I was like, Oh, okay. (laughs) So it was just, like I said, stepping out in faith and just going for it. And it just worked out so well in my favor. I didn't honestly lose any clients and for them to say like, you're so worth it. It just, it made me feel so amazing. Yes, absolutely. And also none of them said, oh, I'm not paying, like, I'm not paying for a haircut. You give it to me for free. Why would I want to pay for it now? Nobody said that. Exactly. (laughs) That's ridiculous. Right. You know, but we get in our head and it does feel like, oh my gosh, I, I don't know if I should charge for this or like, what are they going to say? And I know for me, when I've made big changes in my business, however many years ago, I would feel like I felt kind of, I don't want to use the word stupid because that's not a nice word, but like, I felt really like, duh, like, why didn't I do that before? Right. And so then I was like almost embarrassed 
Right. To come out and say that I had done something wrong. And yeah. I think that that often holds us back. And that was something that I loved that you didn't have that issue. You were like, wait a minute. Like now the glasses are off, like the, the blinders are off. And now I can see really clearly that this is what needs to happen for my business and for my family. And coming back to your priorities, you were like, yeah, this is what I have to do. Then what happened? I was managing and working behind the chair at a salon. And after I had raised my prices, everything was going great. But something still just didn't feel right. I just was still having a lot of anxiety, loved my clients, loved doing hair, loved creating the styles and the colors that I was doing, Mm -hmm. but felt like my energy was drained, Mm -hmm. just not happy. And it just took a while for me to figure out. It's just, I think the atmosphere that I was in ended up moving back to a salon that I was at a while before Mm -hmm. and just felt so much better once I made that transition and just knowing, like having, knowing that I'm worth more, you know, and my happiness should come first. Yeah. And I don't think I would have really come to that realization if I had not had so much growth before that. Well, and I, I want to point out a couple of things because I, I want you to give yourself more credit. What you you were like, okay, I've raised my prices one time. This is awesome. Now I'm going to take some education. So you went to a couple of classes with Melissa Maloney, who is also an alumni and Dream 10 gal. And I think yeah. you went with Claire and with Kate and with the whole New York crew. You took classes and like literally made your craft elevate as well. So you were on this full thing for growth. And it was so cool to see, like, even just the way you took your pictures and like all these things, like you are the most like a plus student because you learn and then implement like whatever it is you learn. So I know you went and took those classes, you elevated, you changed your persona online, all based on what we were working on, right? Like we were really trying to, to hone that in coming back to your target customer, doing all this dream 10 stuff, like all the, the stuff that we work on inside the mastermind. And then you raised your prices again before the move. Right. So you were like, okay, I'm building confidence, building confidence, raising prices, taking classes, building confidence, getting feedback, coming up, coming up, coming up. And then you raised your prices again. And how did it go that time? Same thing. Clients, yeah. were, you know, they were seeing a lot of them are on social media, on Instagram, and they were seeing my work out there. Mm-hmm. And I would have clients that would say, oh, I got so many compliments on my hair. And I said, oh, yeah, I go to Amanda Bogart. And they'd be like, oh, yeah, I follow her on Instagram. I love her pictures. And that just made me feel so good on the inside. It was worth spending the money on classes. It was worth spending money on hiring a business coach. Like all those things, it ends up being so worth it when you see those results. Right. And the other thing that I wanted to point out, which you just said again, is that you put your happiness before the profit line. And to Mm -hmm. me, that is the only way that you're going to make the profit line actually come up. And I do want all of us to be profitable. Of course, I don't want you to do it if you're not profitable, but I really don't want you to do it if you're not happy. Like right. that to me is, is the biggest aha. Okay. So now you raise your prices. Once you went to education, you raised your prices again. You're like, something is still not right. I don't, I'm not feeling it, but I just don't really know what to do. So you went and you moved your salon, which was mm-hmm. a huge deal because I know that you loved being at that other salon, like in your heart, yes. you know, when like it wasn't a, a bad spot or a bad location, it just wasn't like the right creative environment for your business. Right. And so how did that go? Because like now you've done a bunch of stuff that is super scary for all of us, right? Raising your prices multiple times in a relatively short period of time, going to education, trying new things online, trying new techniques on your clients. Like, I think we often forget that 
even just to get your little rear end into your car and drive a couple of hours and go to a class and invest in someone that you have no idea if it's going to be like good, bad, otherwise a waste of your money or your time. Like that can be scary alone in itself. And so I just think that like we should acknowledge all of those things that we all do that put ourselves out there for the betterment of ourselves, our businesses, and ultimately our lives and families, because we don't stop and notice those things often enough. So now I'm like, this is like the um, claps for Amanda show, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm serious. And I know that you're listening right now and you're like, yeah, actually like that is uncomfortable. I feel like I don't ever struggle with confidence and I'll go to somewhere like a new class or an event and I'll just sit by myself. Uh Like, like, especially before I had like this coaching persona, I would be like the weirdo that went by myself and didn't talk to somebody because I'm like, this room is full of like crazy creative people. And it's a little bit intimidating, right? you know? So I think just, we should acknowledge that any of those things that we do for our business should be recognized as, as growth, all growing. At least I hope, right. If you're not growing, you're dying. And that sounds pretty bad. I hope we're all growing. So you moved to the new salon and how was that shift? Like, what about telling your clients? What about telling your salon owner, telling the girls you worked with? Like, how did you handle all of that? So that was not an easy decision at all. Right. Um, There was family involved in that salon and I was close with the girls I worked with. So it was just not an easy decision. And I remember thinking about it a while back. And the thought came in and then the thought went out because I was like, there's no way I can possibly make this work. I'm just going to stay stuck in this situation because that's the easier thing to do. Right. But thinking about it and praying about it and, you know, really just meditating on it. I was like, I have to do this. I have to, I have to put my happiness first. I think that's so important. So I told my salon owner and told the girls I worked with, and they were obviously very sad to hear and and shocked. Nobody like saw it coming because I didn't really talk about it or I didn't make it look on the outside. Like there was anything wrong. Right. And they were shocked, but they obviously said, you know, we just want you to be happy. You know, we're sad to see you go, but we, you know, just wish you all the happiness in the world. So that was good. And my old, old slash new salon welcomed me with open arms and they were so excited to have me back. So that felt really good. And now that I'm back, my clients who were also very shocked, didn't see it coming. And they, you know, would say, what happened? What happened? And I would just tell them, I just, didn't feel happy. I was overwhelmed and I needed to make this change. And a lot of them will say, I can physically feel and see the change in you. Like you just seem so much happier. And to hear that from them means a lot to me too. Yeah. Isn't it scary when other people are like, oh yeah, I can tell. And you're like, oh, I didn't know it was that bad. Right. (laughs) But it is, it's those little like nudges, you know, that, that we, you know, the idea came in and the idea went out, but like you get those ideas for a reason. You have right. those thoughts, you get those nudges. And I think that when you're in alignment with your priorities and with your happiness and with what works for you, those things, they get a little louder and you can hear it better. And it's, it's so cool that now you're back in an old space. You left on really good terms. I mean, I've read everything. We worked on it together. And in my opinion, you handled it like with the most professionalism which is honestly required at this point right. like for anyone. Right. If you are, it's a professional relationship, right? You don't know if you may want to go there again one day. So like 
you just, you, the way that you handled it was so great and so full of grace and you still, and kept, you kept it nice, which I think a lot of times maybe doesn't happen. And people might be like snarky or rude or condescending or whatever it might be like when you're leaving them. And that just comes from their insecurities. And I was so grateful that that didn't happen with your situation because it can be so just disheartening as we move through stuff. And I know we've all felt that. I mean, even, oh my gosh, the drama I've had as a salon owner. I can't, that's a whole other, Uh. (laughs) but like people leave and then all of a sudden they hate you because they left. Like Mm -hmm. you're like, I didn't tell you to leave. Like this is right. (laughs) But through that though, Amanda, we're making it sound like it was kind of easy. Like you just like had a mindset shift and went for it. And then all these things just worked out, but that's not how it went. It was hard. And I know that you struggled with a lot of fear and anxiety moving like through all of those changes. And yes, like we flex that confidence muscle at each level to get you, you know, and you did all the hard work. I just was a cheerleader, but, but so how did you get over the the fear and anxiety of making changes in your business when you are a provider in your family? Like it's making these changes, not only like, yeah, we want you to be happy and whatever, but you could have been making like huge financial implications in a negative way could right. have worst case scenario. Right. So how'd right. you get over that fear? So thinking about what, what's the alternative, like what's going to happen if I don't make this move is I'm going to stay unhappy and I'm going to stay coming home kind of miserable and feeling more anxiety and fear where stepping out in, out of your comfort zone, I feel like it's scary. You don't know what's going to happen. You know, I could have made this move and been more unhappy, you know, but no, you don't know what's going to happen. And that anxiety is really hard, but it's like, you don't know, you have to just do it. You know, it's, you don't know what's going to happen. And if you're not happy, do something about it. Right. If you got there and it was terrible. Right. Yeah. If you got there and it was terrible, you would have made another move to fix it. Exactly. And you were comfortable knowing that there was at least in the worst case scenarios, they weren't that bad. Exactly. You know? Um, so tell me this, Amanda, like what is your, your daily routine to stay and to make sure that you preserve your mindset, your, you know, positivity towards your business, honoring your priorities. Like, do you have any like tips or anything that you do habit wise to make sure that you keep that mindset protected? So I like to exercise. That really helps my anxiety a lot. I try and exercise first thing in the morning. I notice that if I wake up and I don't exercise, my mindset is just totally different. My energy is different. It just does something to you that it just gets, wakes me up, gets me going for the day, puts me in a positive mood. Yes. And, um, you know, just drinking lots of water, eating more greens, and just staying on a healthy, track affects, you know, your mindset more in a positive way. I like to say affirmations and I like to read self-help books. Those always help me stay in like a positive mindset. Um, favorite, give us, give us your favorite book. Um, I really like Brene Brown, um, gifts of imperfection. That's one of my favorites. She's the queen. Yes. (laughs) Um, Um, that's a good one. I remember the name off the top of my head, like a badass. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're a badass. You're a badass. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember her last her name, but and I like you're a badass at making money too. That's a good yes. one. Yes, yeah. Jensen Snarrow, something like yes. that. Yes, 
Sincero, I think. Well, that's fun. Um, I like, I recommend that. So you read like every day you exercise, you move your body, you, I mean, there is seriously something to getting up and moving your body or moving it every day. Like whether it's in the morning or the end of the day, if I don't do it, I, nobody wants me around. Yeah. Like I need it to like get the energy out to like have a fresh slate, like just how your brain cleanses itself while you sleep. I think for me, the rest of my body just has to be right with exercise. So I love that. I feel like we all are, and maybe it's just like age or something, but Mm -hmm. I think the more you get in tune with your priorities, you put yourself first, whether that's giving yourself, you know, 30 minutes a day to pray, meditate, color, exercise, sit in the sun and do nothing like whatever Mm -hmm. that is. I think it's, it's, becoming more and more apparent. And I don't know if that's because of the Gen Z kids, like forcing it out there in the world and we're just like taking it all in or, but it is so, so important. And I love that. I I love on your Instagram that you're always showing your healthy habits. And I think it also kind of translates into your business behind the chair too, because you talk about it with your clients. It's all the things that make you be on brand, even though it's like, it's intentional. I know because we've worked on the back end, but it's, it's also just who you are. Right. You know, and I think one of the things that I wanted to talk about with you, Amanda, was about your branding, because I think that it was kind of tough for us in the beginning because you were so like in this business limbo, like you, you really hadn't like sat in it where you felt good yet. And once you kind of made that transition in your business, it became like effortless. Right. Do you, do you agree? Or do you have any, like, was there something that you recognized or that did that changed? So I remember like during, I think it was during the pandemic where I really got into taking care of myself mm-hmm. and it became such a priority. I think for a lot of people too, they realized that, you know, taking care of yourself is a priority from that. I remember like I had two Instagram pages going and one was like dedicated just to like my fitness and like showing people, trying to ins- inspire other people to do the same thing. And I was like, but I can't show that on my hair page. Like that should just be about hair. But you helped me to realize that like you can incorporate it all in one place. That was overwhelming too, managing two accounts. <laughs> no, thanks. Yeah. And it's it so is much so much easier for me and I can just give my 100% of everything I love to do in one place. And that was another like anxiety, fear, step out of my comfort zone type of thing, because I was like, what are my clients going to think if they see me working out in my workout clothes? But I wanted to share that to show people like that's another side of me. And that's something else that I love doing. And if I can make somebody feel good on the outside, I also want to make them feel good on the inside too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's huge. And I think we often get in this like, well, I don't want to show that because that's not perfect and polished or, you know, and it's like, well, are you perfect and polished? You know, right. nobody is. If you are, you're lying. The thing is, is like when we talk about like what's appropriate to share and what's not like, yes, you're still treating it as a business, but you're showing a part of you. And that that makes us know, like, and trust you more. And as a potential client is scrolls on your Instagram, that's what they want to see. Like, are we in alignment? Are we going to be able to talk about stuff together? So it's almost like that's putting that magnet effect right out there when you share about you besides the fact that you're an amazing hairdresser or hairstylist. That to me is so important. And we were, we really like had to work through it to get there because we weren't sure what your brand was going to be. Or when right. we started with branding, we kind of, we were close, but it wasn't yeah. like fully developed and and really 
to where we could speak to your customer with confidence and know what she needed and really know her ins and outs until we added those extra layers that are really about you. And, and I think it's important, like branding isn't colors and fonts and things like that. It's, it's messaging, it's connection. It's really just your personality on steroids in a way that you can communicate it. And so that's been really fun. Also, I feel like I should say that Amanda's just not just, but she's a regular stylist in upstate New York. She doesn't have 30,000 Instagram followers. She's just the perfect stylist, like rental stylist that is doing the dang thing like you are listening to this podcast today. So all of these things that she's done are things that we can all do. I mean, Amanda, would you agree with that statement or do you feel like that you are a celebrity? I do. No, you are for me. Not. <laughs> Absolutely agree. And you know, that was another mindset shift for me was I need to have so many followers to be successful. And that's so not true. So just, not true. Yeah. Just doing my thing and putting myself out there and the growth that I've had, like, yes, I've gotten more followers. I definitely don't have 10,000 followers, but I'm just going to keep on growing. Well, and the growth that you're having is the right kind of growth because there are people that really, really like you. There are people that want, they, they know what you're about. They love the hair that you're doing. It's all in that presentation that has allowed that growth even on Instagram, right? It's right. all connected, even though the Instagram growth is really ridiculous, but it is a tangible thing in our businesses because it can provide more customers. It can provide more income. And that is, that's what we're about. Like, you know, I mean, this is, we're businesses and that's important. So let's uh, have a couple more questions for you. So what is the one thing that was the hardest in your mind, but what, after you did it was the easiest and you wish you would have done it sooner? Definitely raising my prices. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I, you know, like I said before, there was so much fear around what is, what are they going to say? What are they going to think? And then with the feedback that I had, I was like, oh my gosh, I should have done this so long ago. Right. And you had no issues, no, no fight in it at all. Were you nervous about what the other girls in the salon would say? I was because we, a lot of us didn't use like the same color lines. So that was a big thing of me raising my prices. Like if my color is more expensive than theirs, Right. That I was nervous about that. But that's another thing with me moving salons. They use more of my color line where I am now. And we are all kind of similar, even with raising our prices. I feel Mm -hmm. like I've just kind of up leveled myself. Yeah. So that feels better. Absolutely. It feels better. And the thing too is like, and you guys know, I'm always talking about salon scale, but it's such a game changer when you account for what you're using. Like and, mm-hmm. and what you're, yeah, you do use a premium product, man. You use Goldwell. It's, it's a fantastic product, but it is premium, premium hair color with premium hair color pricing. And so those are things that when you start to treat your business, like a business become inherently clear and you're like, yep, got it. Going to raise my prices appropriately to cover the, the types of products that I'm using. So on that line, what's next for Amanda? I actually recorded a video um, auditioning to become a Goldwell educator. So yes, I am on the path. It was definitely one of my goals from the original mastermind group. I remember that being on there. So, and it's taken a while. It's been a couple of years. I've had to go through all these steps to get to that point. You don't just jump right in, you know? Right. Sometimes. And, and if I remember correctly, that was the thing that you wanted most way back when, but I was like, that goal doesn't make any of your other goals like actually possible. That's just like, 
that was something we wanted and it felt good and it was awesome. And I'm still, you're going to do it obviously, but we had to work on all those other things. And that's the thing with like reverse engineering in the system and why I'm so passionate about goal setting is that it helps you get the clarity that you need in order to really truly hit your goal. So I am so excited for you. I also can't wait to see your video. I hope you'll show it to me. And uh, what did you teach in your video? So I did one of my clients um, who's platinum blonde. Okay. Teaching the Goldwell has a new silk lift formulation Mm -hmm. out. So I was teaching all about that and why I love it and um, showing all my favorite products. Yeah, it was awesome. So cool. Well, yeah, it is pretty nerve wracking. I would say to do any kind of interview like that. I I don't think I've ever shared this on the, on the podcast before, but I know Amanda, you know, this story that when I interviewed to, and they call it, they don't call it an interview. They call it an audition. And you're like, I'm not trying to be Mickey Mouse. (laughs) Like, that's an interview. Um, But so when I auditioned to be a KMS artist, they had us teach anything, but hair. So I had oh. to do a hair, I had to do a hair portion. I taught an A-line haircut and I had used some really like crazy teal illumin, like TK at all or TQ at all, I think it's called. Anyways, it was brand new then. So that's telling you how long ago this was. <laughs> like literally, I think this year will be 10 years that I've been with KMS and Goldwell. But anyway, so but I had to teach anything but hair for 10 minutes, a 10 minute presentation, and it couldn't be hair or beauty related. So I'm like, what am I gonna do? Well, I taught how to tie a scarf. For 10 minutes. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? So ridiculous. So I'm so glad that you got to just do a nice presentation. All right, Amanda, last question. What are you obsessed with right now? Oh, that's a tricky one. What am I obsessed with? Doesn't have to be hair related. Could be like. Uh, hmm. I would say probably growing. I love, like, I am obsessed with growing. Like, I just, I hate feeling stuck. I hate feeling like I'm doing the same mundane thing over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. So, like, constantly taking classes, even learning on education pages on Instagram, not even just in person yeah. classes. Like, that's become such a popular thing. There's so much education on Instagram. It's crazy. So uh, much. I mean, you can watch IGTVs all day long or yes. the paid pages, right? Like, I have a right. paid page now. Yeah, that's so, so cool. So exciting. But yeah, I mean, growth is a wonderful thing to be obsessed with. I, uh, I should probably get obsessed with that too. Uh, <laughs> I think I, I low key am obsessed with growth, but I'm also really obsessed with other people's growth. Like, yeah, that, I, mean, I think that's like what I'm obsessed with because it makes yeah. me so happy to see people like you and like all of our, all of our friends in the alumni and dream 10 and, and anyone who listens to podcasts and hangs with me. Like, I just, I'm so here for the growth and the, the changes that you can make in your business. Yes, that's amazing. But what I really want to see happen is changes in your life because we all deserve that. And that's just so crazy that that's not like the most important thing that we're taught in school and that, you know, and that some people don't ever hear that at home and all of that. So I'm just so, so, so here for the growth of, of everyone in our industry because and we're doing it right. Like we're totally up leveling, which is so great to see. So Amanda, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Where can we find you online and uh, get you some more followers? <laughs> so on Instagram, I am Amanda underscore Bogart underscore hair. All right. We'll put it in the show notes, but it's spell your last name. 
B O G A E R T. Yeah, perfect. A little tricky. <laughs> yeah, that's okay, though. Um, yes, and we for sure, Amanda, I think you're going to have some fans after this episode because if you have ever been in any of the situations that we've talked about today in the salon, like hit up Amanda and, and talk to her. Or if you're in it currently and you're nervous or, you know, just need a little support, I'm sure that Amanda would be happy to chat with you in the DMs. Is that right? Yes. No. <laughs> then just- another thing I might be obsessed with is just like making new friends and connecting with other stylists or connecting with other anybody, you know, anybody on oh. Instagram, but I just love it. It's so cool, the community that we can make and and that we can be a part of online. It's just unreal. So Amanda, thank you so much. And uh, I'll see you soon. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I hope that you have a great week. I'll talk to you soon.